there, I'm Leslie Goodburn. You're listening to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcast. In the podcast, we look at pancreatic cancer across its impacts, outcomes, and future treatment and support. We'll hear from patients, loved ones about the reality of the diagnosis. We'll hear from surgeons, oncologists, and nurses about the work they do to support people who are affected. We'll hear about the wonderful work done by researchers to find a breakthrough in understanding and treatments for the future. We hope that as a result of the podcast, you'll learn more about the signs and symptoms, about how this diagnosis affects the family, about the hope for the future. Thank you for listening. Charlotte and I look forward to you joining us on our journey through pancreatic cancer throughout the 30 days of November with contributors from across the world. The Purple Rainbow podcasts are produced as part of Seth's legacy in memory of my wonderful, kind, curious, funny husband, Seth Goodburn. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm Charlotte and I'm actually starting this episode a bit differently to normal And not only that, you're getting a little bit of some behind-the-scenes secrets. Well, not really secrets. Because when I do the interviews for these podcasts, I ask everyone who I speak to to introduce themselves with their name and what they do. And it was while I was asking today's guest that first question, which I usually edit out, that they answered with something that I had to follow up on straight away. So for today, and maybe today only... I'm letting the guest introduce themselves. So my name is Talia Golan. I'm a medical oncologist from Israel, from the Sheba Medical Center. Um, I'm director of the phase one clinical trials and the Sheba's pancreatic program. And I'm fascinated and passionate about pancreatic cancer. I'm particularly intrigued to hear why you are fascinated and passionate about pancreatic cancer. I I think that it's a very um, difficult and challenging disease to treat with. Um, and um, it's really important for me to try and understand um, why this disease has such high mortality and morbidity and how could I be part of the international web of colleagues and physicians and scientists um, and patient advocates and patients and families and trying to decipher, you know, how we can one day make this a different disease because currently it's probably one of the most difficult solid tumors to treat. It is, isn't it? And it's something that we hear a lot on this podcast about just how difficult it is. Is that difficulty kind of what attracts you to it a little bit? I just think that I feel very much for the patients and I'm not put off by the challenges of the disease. And therefore, you know, I can just, um, I just want to be, you know, a part of, you know, this, this, this really international worldwide effort to change things for these patients. And it is a worldwide effort. I was talking to people across across the world on this podcast, and that's what I love about it. It's that, that it feels like it's a, glo- a global effort. So, Talia, I'd love to hear about what it is that, that you're working on at the moment in particular, please. So um, my field of um, interest has always been around the patients with DNA repair genes, um, with, with mutations in those genes, uh, predominantly the patients with the germline BRCA mutations. Um, so we've been working on this for about the last 15 years from a clinical perspective and then a research lab perspective, really try to identify these patients, um, treat them, um, 
part of the effort to to drive for the um, uh, for the FDA approval of Valaparib, which is a PARP inhibitor for patients with germline um, pancreatic cancer. So this was the first actually phase three biomarker driven trial that was positive in pancreatic cancer. So this was really, you know, I think also a big thing for all of us uh, for the field. And it was a step forward. Um, these patients have a particularly um, favorable prognosis when you identify their germline mutations, you treat them with platinum drugs. And then if they're stable and responding afterwards, maintenance and you know, it's, we see things that you don't normally see in pancreatic cancer. And this is really very, very rewarding. Um, but the main focus has been really like on this group and trying to understand them. And then in that group, obviously, you know, all patients are equal. So even in that group, we're seeing that there's a spectrum of patients of, you know, those that have a phenomenal response and go on even to have a remission of their disease. And then those that, um, have, you know, several years of response and then those that don't respond at all. So really to try to decipher those mechanisms of response and resistance in those patients. And then we have model systems in the lab that really recapitulate those patients. So like the patients that I'm seeing in the clinic, um, we make models, we try and make, speak to my patients, they're part of this effort. They have to obviously give a tissue tumor, you know, have biopsies, research biopsies for these efforts. And, you know, most of the time, um, you know, when I explain what we're doing and why we're doing it, the patients really want to be a part of this effort. And I think it's really taught me that there's a shared responsibility for research. And it's not just, you know, the physician or the physician scientist. Um, it's really all of us that are, you know, have, have, have our you know, effort in pancreatic cancer, if we're treating it or we're sick with it. So that's really been my lesson for my patients. This is what I call shared responsibility. We used to think it was just really our responsibility, you know, the treating side, but it's not. It's really a shared responsibility to get enough samples and to do together clinical trials and to be involved in clinical trials. And, and then also just to give samples of tumors to physicians that are trying to understand it, you know, as it may not help the specific patient, but over the years when you accumulate enough patients with the same type of biomarker, it becomes quite impactful that data so I've spoken around about several things Charlotte <laughs> yes um I'm really interested in this shared responsibility uh thought that you, that you, you were saying about how it because it, I talk about the pancreatic cancer community and I feel like that's a very similar kind of kind, kind of thought process it's this it's everyone's in it together isn't it yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. I had a very beautiful um, story that uh, I'd like to actually share with you. Please. Um, it was about, wow, it's already 10 years ago. I had a really phenomenal patient. I was very close to him and his wife. Um, he was uh, part of the security forces here in Israel, really special guy, had given contributed very much to the country over the years and had, they know, you know, those... Um, those people that have uh, that uh, very powerful, quiet, assertive nature with very um, um, with a kind of uh, those kind of people that see everything, um, that don't miss much. The kind of people you always want to take with you when you go to the moon. I say <laughs> the people you would take. Yes. So he was one of those people. Had a very good relationship, and uh, he was actually a BRCA carrier. One of my first, and he had a very good. Um, he had a very good. Uh, disease uh, um, time, very good. He had a, a more favorable response, um, 
But eventually, over several years, his disease became resistant and he developed ascites, which is fluid accumulation in the stomach, which is one of the really difficult problems that um, our patients, when they develop ascites and peritoneal spread, it really causes high morbidity to them. And literally overnight, he was transformed into you know something else in, in the matter of how he looked, not obviously what his inside and his soul was like. And I remember going down to the outpatient ward and to give him a tap to try and elevate him from the pain. And I wanted to ask him, it was really early in my, it was probably about even 12 years ago, it was very early in my career, my scientific career. And I said to him, you know, um, instead of throwing, you know, the situs away, can I take it for research purposes? But, you know, don't worry, like I haven't taken it from you, like for research, I've taken it to make you I started like stumbling about, you know, don't worry, I'm not exploiting you at this like terrible end stage of your life for, you know, to take this fluid from you and going round and round the block like that, kind of feeling very uncomfortable. And him, of course, with his knowing and looking eyes, just looked at me and said, you know, this is a huge, huge, um, I'm just so grateful to know that even at this stage of my life, I'm contributing to mankind, to science. And, you know, this is really my responsibility as well. And he really gave me one of my first lessons of what we, you know, call shared responsibility. So since then, it's been much easier for me to, A, for the pers- from the personal perspective, to understand that our patients are true partners, um, you know, and it's not me taking something from them. So that's kind of really changed my attitude. And so that's, uh, yeah, he, he, made, <laughs> he made a very nice... Uh, um, he made a very important contribution to my mindset as a physician, young scientist. <laughs> I'm already much older now. <laughs> That's just such a fabulous story. I, love, I think there's probably someone like that in everyone's life or career at some point along the line. Someone who just says something so wise and so knowing that then it just sort of guides you as you as you go forward. I think it's lovely. And the fact that he's still making an impact now, 12 years on, I think shows how important it is as well. I think that's just absolutely lovely. So tell us more about the, the, the BRCA gene, because I think that's, it's a word or a gene that people have heard of, but not necessarily in connection with pancreatic cancer. So the BRCA gene is a germline uh, hereditary uh, mutation, which causes predisposition to um, familial syndrome. It's a familial pancreatic, a familial cancer syndrome uh, gene, and um, it causes a pre- it causes a higher pre- a higher prevalence of breast, ovarian, prostate, and pancreatic cancer amongst others. Of those are the more predominant ones. It's more um, it's more well known for its um, for for the breast and, and ovarian part, and more in the the, the last re- the last years um, pancreatic cancer and uh, prostate cancer um, so it causes a higher prevalence there's two genes there's a BRCA1 and 2 genes um, both of them are involved in um, in causing pancreatic cancer together with other driver mutations um, mainly the KRAS and the TP53 amongst others these are just genes uh, um, and uh, if you are a carrier of the gene, then you can develop cancer. Uh, so we know that that's um, if you, and we use this infant. We actually it's it's a it's it's recommended in international um, guidelines to send all patients with advanced pancreatic cancer 
for hereditary testing of the germline BRCA mutation. So this is for two aspects. The first aspect is that um, this is knowledge that can also change uh, treatment decisions. Um, we know that patients with germline BRCA mutations have tumors that are much more susceptible, much more um, that are much more uh, responsive to platinum-based treatments. So we really want to identify those patients and then choose a protocol that has platinum in it to give to them. And, and if they show a stable disease or even response over a course of several months, then we can also introduce what we call a laparib maintenance therapy, um, which has less uh, morbidity than chemotherapy, and we can really give it over years, actually, when patients respond. So this is a gene that can actually, it's called, it's a biomarker, a predictive biomarker, so that we can use it to inform precision medicine in pancreatic cancer. Um, and then the other aspect is that it's also... It has a hereditary aspect, as we were saying. So what does that mean? If we identify a patient with pancreatic cancer, the germline BRCA mutation, then we want to send his um, blood, his first-degree family members, and even sometimes further for genetic testing. And this can actually be very impactful for the family because, um, you know, we can perform preventative medicine, and that's always the best medicine. So what I say to my patients, you know, knowledge is power, um, you know, and... We're not, we, we're not making up a mutation. The mutations are there. We're just identifying them, and the knowledge can really, A, impact precision medicine in pancreatic cancer and then also maybe improve awareness in a family that has a genetic syndrome. And that's important, isn't it, that knowledge? It, it's frightening, but also useful and impactful as well, as, as, as you say. Mm-hmm. Now, this feels like the job interview question. I, t- I do ask everybody, but over the next sort of like five to 10 years, what would you like to see happen in the, the, you know, the, the world of pancreatic cancer research? So <laughs> it was actually interesting. I was listening to, I love Queen, like who doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all love Queen. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't. You know, there's the, the song Le Forever uh, that Freddie, I think he wrote when he was diagnosed with AIDS. He died a few years later, I think two or something years after he sang that song. So I'd like to see uh, pancreatic cancer becoming more like AIDS, like a truly chronic disease. And, you know, I think he wrote that song in like 1988 or something like that, or 1989 or 90, something like that. So, you know, we've got what to strive for. These are achievable goals. Um, I think like the really important things is, as I say, this like shared responsibility. I think as um, as as colleagues, um, patient advocates, patients, family members, nurses, case managers, physicians, physician scientists. Like I think as as we just really like make a tight group around this disease, you know, and work together, then I really think that we can, we can make a difference. It's been done in all the other diseases. It's just a matter of time. And I'm very optimistic. Thank you so much to Talia for speaking to me and sharing her thoughts and just being so optimistic. Don't forget, we're releasing an episode every weekday throughout November. To make sure you don't miss an episode, you can follow the podcast in your podcast app and it will notify you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that there is a new episode. And of course, you can always head over to purplerainbow.co.uk for more information.